Hello and welcome to Relaxed Mail. I'm Brian, and today we're going to be talking about some of the best questions you could ask yourself. And why do you actually want to ask yourself questions? You, you want to be talking to yourself all the time and seem weird like that? Well, in all reality, yeah, you do. Welcome to Relaxed Mail, podcast that helps men change their relationship with themselves. I am your host, Brian, and I am a men's life and mindset coach who is here to help you understand that you don't have to suffer at your own expense. You can live your dream, and I encourage you to set, then pursue your goals. So join me as I change the mindset and attitudes of men so that they can be the leaders of their families and their destinies. Hey man, hello and welcome to Relaxed Mail. I'm Brian. I'm a men's life coach. I help men to build a deeper, more meaningful bond with their sons so that they are able to raise a strong, healthy, and confident man as they, as he progresses into, into adulthood. And I wanted to just, well, today on episode 28, we're talking about questions and really kind of diving into some of the best questions you could ask yourself. And also going to talk, touch upon why you want to actually be asking yourself questions, talking to yourself, so to speak, uh, because it's actually a lot better to do than, uh, than what you would actually think. But before we do that, we have the question of the week. Now, again, the question of the week is uh, you you have a chance to be able to ask me a, a, a question about, uh, relationship or, or even, you know, even as far as camping, but we're talking about, you ask me a question and I will go for, uh, forth and, and give you an answer each week on, on the podcast. If I end up not having anything, uh, any questions available, then what I'll do is I'll look up a question that is uh, meaningful to me and kind of fits within what I believe the show's about and uh and post it on to here and give you the giving you my answer here and and help you to understand that uh, a little more as to what what I do and my the philosophy I have on on different parts of of parenting and relationship building and items along those lines so this week, uh, the question of the week is from Cora because I didn't have a question. If you do have a question you would like to ask, please go to relaxedmail.com forward slash contact. Ask your question there. And uh, if you uh, put a check mark down at the bottom of your question saying, uh, yes, he may, because I'd, if, I'd like to have your permission to uh, use the, the question on the podcast. If not, if you don't want me to answer it on the podcast, then just leave that little check mark blank and I will get back to you and I will answer your question for you. So anyhow, today's question uh, is kind of interesting and it in many ways gets my, really struck me because of how this guy asked the question and he asked it with, there it is, there it is. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still getting used to uh, the mouse on a Macintosh. But um, the the question is this: Why is my abusive father trying to sabotage my goals and dreams of doing a certain, uh, going to a certain school by saying subtle things indicating that I'll never accomplish it, like implementing this subtle subliminal message in my head that I won't accomplish it? Why? All right. Well, first off, that's a really convoluted way of saying my daddy is being me. All right. This is screams victimhood. All right. So we're going to, we're going to go into this. Uh, first off, like I said, as I was saying, uh, there's just dripping in victimhood mindset. All right. Why is dad being mean? Well, dad's being mean because you see him as being mean. He has taken all of the, you have, uh, this gentleman, uh, was, what was his name? Bruno. Yeah. Is, Name is, is the uh, the questions uh, person asking the question. It was uh, his his name was Bruno. I can't think of what his last name was. But anyhow, so anyhow, Bruno is playing the quintessential victim. 
All right. He has, he's claiming he has no power whatsoever. His dad is abusing him, taking, telling him that he can't go to the, or he shouldn't go to this school because he's going to fail without actually even hearing any reason as to why. Or maybe he has been told why he says those things. And but because he is wanting to play the victim, he is going to ignore all the reasons that have been put out before him. So the abusive father basically is saying, you, saying thing, mean things like, uh, uh, well, it's, that's a really tough school to get into. That's a really tough school. To, are you, do you think you could really make that something like that? If that's really tough. And with a victim mindset, you're not going to see what is actually being done. His dad, there's a couple different things going on with, with that. And there's a lot of, without actually being there and without being in dad's head itself, which is impossible because you don't, um, you're, I'm just running off of a very one sided, uh, one sided question and a question that is actually, uh, like I said, being a victim, playing victim. So what I told him was that, that, uh, asked him, why does his dad say these things? Why does his, Bruno, why, why does your dad say these things? Why does, uh, have you ever really sat down and really thought about what, what the origin of this, of the, this abusive, as you claim, abusive questioning and means of self doubt? coming into play. And what I'm really thinking is that the power that, or the, he, because he wants to be in a victim mindset, Bruno wants to, doesn't want to take any of the responsibility. Yeah. Dad may be asking, well, you think you could, that's a really tough school to get into. It's not a, Hey, it's an easy school to get into. Hey, actually is dad could be very well doing a very good thing of helping him set a level of expectations. And when you, when with the victim mindset, Bruno is just saying that, dude, I can't, he's, he's being mean. He's stepping in my way. He could be, he could actually be saying, dude, you are not smart enough to do that. Go to that school. You are, you have a lot and you have a lot more, uh, a lot more work you have to do. You got to get your grades up higher. And it could very well be maybe Bruno is, you know, a D student and he's trying to get into Princeton. You know, Princeton's probably not going to be, uh, not going to take him if he's, you know, doing, uh, doing low quality work. Again, I don't know. I'm not actually there, but there's a lot of reasons why dad could be doing that. It could be that he may, dad may have wanted to do the very same type of, uh, classes and, or earn the same type of degree and do all the same things and that, uh, Bruno was wanting to try. And because Bruno's, uh, Bruno's dad has seen, this before he knows what he's going to be faced with and sees that there's a lot of heartache, a lot of frustration and a lot of disappointment lying ahead of him. And out of love, dad could be saying, dude, you really don't want to do this. This is going to cause a lot of problems for you. And you're going to be disappointed in the rest of your life because, you know, of the same thing that I experienced. So dad could be doing this as a means to try to protect his son. And with the victim mindset, he's not going, Bruno was not seeing the level of protection. He's just seeing that dad's attacking him because he want, doesn't want him to go to the school. So what does Bruno need to do? What, what does, does our question asker need to do? Well, first off, he needs to stop playing the, uh, playing the victim card. It's evident that he's using the victim card because of how he was even addressed his dad, abusive father. Well, I don't see someone because a dad is not rah, rah, rahing you right off the bat because you have a harebrained scheme doesn't mean that that's abusive. I've come across a couple of people who do that. They, uh, one, uh, one person had, uh, thought their parents were being mentally abusive and stuff because they weren't supporting their, their lifestyle choice. Well, it's not mentally abusive. They just don't agree. And it's the, we'll get into that a little bit further down uh down the way but anyhow bruno has to stop playing the victim um and it doesn't mean that uh he has to take his the law into his own hand he has to just take responsibility for his own actions he has to essentially you know learn to stand on his own two feet and 
And accept that not everybody's going to agree with you. Not everybody's going to be okay with the choice you, you make. And some people do stuff in a very, in a way that you want, aren't going to agree. And you have to learn to be okay with that. Now, the second thing is, is, and it leads up to, to the victim mindset is that his circumstances are neutral. And this is because he could be the way he's interpreting what his dad says, like I said, could be out of love, could be completely out of malice, but it could also be out of pure love. He loves and cares for his dad and, or his son, and dad doesn't want his, doesn't want baby boy to be to hurt, disappointed, frustrated, and to give up and have to go through the the suffering and and uh, and disappointment of giving up on a dream. He has to understand, and it's good if Bruno would understand that. Uh, circumst- all circumstances and events in your life are completely neutral until you apply a thought to it. If you t- uh, once you take that, uh, take the, a thought or some, uh, something happens, once you apply that thought, you can decide whether that thought is going to be a good thought or a bad thought. A lot, and I'm not saying that there are, are bad emotions because uh, once that thought comes into play your that thought actually creates the emotion which creates the actions that you take that creates the results you, you wind up with so if you're having a having a thought of well i'm i'm bored it may cause you to want to go have a cigarette or you might want to go eat and because of that that you want to eat just out of sheer boredom then you're going to end up putting on weight so your action is you go to the refrigerator, you eat, you eat, you eat more than what you really need to. The the results are you've got your COVID nineteen. But if you take that thought and you turn it and you apply a positive thought to it, or you take an event, and you apply a positive thought to it, you can actually have a better means of understanding where somebody is coming from. You might even be that uh, you just uh, you. Feel uh, feel sorrow and pity for not even pity. I, I don't don't want to pity people. I pity something almost as uh, out of uh, out of disrespect in in some instances. But you could um, could care for your dad for the dad trying to attempt to to protect this uh, our our hero of the of the question, oh Bruno. Now you know, I hear a couple of you screaming through the uh, <laughs> at your at your radio right now, saying, "Dude, no, events are not neutral. Nine eleven wasn't a good thing." And you're right. Not in my means of thinking, the thought that I had was that the planes hitting the twin towers was a bad thing. But on the other side of the world, there were a lot of people who were celebrating the fact that uh, we had a. Uh, uh, that they had a that we got attacked on on U.S. soil. Another good example of an event happening, and it's neither good nor bad until you apply a thought about it. Is say your 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 uh, saintly grandmother passed away. Are you instantly sad the moment that she died, or do you become or you, do you become sad after somebody told you that she passed away? Kind of see where where that's going. You you're not sad until you have the until you generate that thought. And it's like, and granted, you would want to be sad. You want to experience the the beautiful and and caring emotion of grief. And yes, it is. It's that sadness can be very beautiful, and and it can be a a wonderful way of of expressing your love about someone who has, who has departed this, uh, this earthly realm. But the key to all this is, is that no matter what the circumstance is, you have to have a thought for it to affect you. So if you want a positive, uh, outcome, it's better to try to look at a, at an event and have a more positive, that has a more positive thought to it than having one that is uh, more negative. Dad was trying to care for me, as opposed to my dad's abusing me. See where where I'm getting with that. So that means that your thoughts are your own. Nobody can have another thought. 
Now, people can say stuff and act in ways that will cause you that to try to generate a specific thought, but you can actually go off and especially if someone who is trying to be a people pleaser or is trying to manipulate you in some way, you can easily change, have the thought, realize what they're doing and change that thought to go the complete 180 of what they want. You have the power of your, in yourself. Now, another problem that Mr. Bruno was having was the fact that he had the, he has this manual completely set up of what his dad is supposed to be like. And because his dad has veered so far away from, from Bruno's preset manual that he has now been deemed in Bruno's mind, an abuser. Now, what is a manual? A manual is the, how you believe somebody should be acting. All right. We have manuals for our spouses. We have manuals for our children. We have manuals for our moms and our dads and our stepmoms and our stepdads and our grandmas and granddads and aunts and uncles and everybody. We have manuals set up that we have set up in our head for families in general. Families should be doing this or shouldn't do be doing that. And whether they should or should not doesn't matter. And yes, we are shooting all over people. And if you want to know what your manual is for a particular person, then sit down and write out everything that a person should be doing to be a good, say, if you're a, if, what do you, how do you view your wife? What do you think your wife should do? All right. If you want a good wife and you're having, struggling with your, what, with what your wife is doing for whatever reason, then sit down, write out what you believe they should be doing, everything, write down every last thing, drain that brain of every possible should you have about, about your wife. Do the same thing about your son. What is everything that your son should be doing to be a good son? Write all that down. What is everything that a uh, good son or good wife should not be doing? Write all that down. Write everything down that they should or should not be doing and look at it. And congratulations, you may have a one-page manual, you may have a 30-page manual, but either way, you've got the manual of how this, how the person that per, that uh, should be acting. They should be, you know, you might have your wife should be, uh, should be having supper on the table every day, every day at six o'clock, uh, uh, an hour after you get home so that you can enjoy a warm meal after being an out working should uh, have the house clean, should, you know, all this other stuff should uh, lovingly embrace you, should have sex every uh, twice a day or twice, twice a day. Ooh, that would wear me out. Uh, <laughs> twice a week uh, having, you know, and should answer the door when the kids are gone and in cellophane, you know, you, everything you think you, a woman should, uh, your, oh, your wife should be doing. All right. You've got it all wrote down. You can have, you, once you have that should, manual taken care of that that the the wifely manual or the the son uh the 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 good son manual you have two choices you can either give it to them or you can actually just take it and throw it in the trash all right either way you have to understand that the other person has free will the other person being whether it's bruno's dad or or somebody else they have free, <coughs> pardon me. They have free will and they can do whatever it is they want to do. You may expect that, uh, Bruno should expect that his dad support him on the choice of what school he wants to go to, but dad doesn't have to. And Bruno has to be, needs to learn how to be okay with the fact that dad's not going to agree with everything he wants to do. Dad's not going to agree with everything I want to do. Bruno's not going to agree, and obviously he doesn't. Uh, he's not going to agree with everything that his dad does. Nobody's going to agree 100%. But you can expect, and looking at the manual, you now know what, uh, you, you can kind of look at it, at your, the manual, and go, well, I know that they're not going to, you know, I know my wife is not going to answer the door in cellophane. All right. So you can knock those expectations, those unrealistic expectations, and be okay with what, how a person acts. And if they don't act according to what your manual is, again, you could choose to be okay with it. You could choose to be 
any way you want to react to a to a situation in any way. All you have to do is to apply that particular thought and understand that people are messy uh, when it comes to people and emotions. Oh, we we're probably one of the messiest uh, hot uh, hot messes out there. I mean, there's a lot of, there's some people whose emotional states and the way they think is stuff is a complete and total uh, dumpster fire. You've got, um, there's, uh, I mean, oh, oh, wow. Just people are unpredictable (laughs) as we know. And because of that, uh, you have to learn to be okay that people are going to be what, how, however they act. Now you can go and set boundaries of, Hey, my dad is not going to do something. And if he does, then I'm just going to have to say, I, I love you, but no, we're not having this discussion. And you can set boundaries up. You can have, you can draw lines in the sand, but you also have to be okay with applying the ramifications of breaking that, that boundary. If, say, it's like, well, if you, if you go there, you're going to, uh, if my, if his, Bruno's dad doesn't support him for the school, he can either a be okay with that and go, all right, well, that's that's your choice. I'm still going. And dad could easily say, well, if you go there, I'm not going to pay pay for it. Again, trying to be, it could be that dad is trying to manipulate him into not going. And Bruno would then be have to make the choice of how will I get, how will I go to school if dad's not paying for it? Well, there's a really big glaring answer right there. You work, you work. When you're not, when you're not, uh, not studying and you're not at class, you're over at UPS or Amazon, uh, fulfillment center or wherever it is you end up having to be where you have, you're able to make the money and you purposely set aside the money and you work for that particular season of four to six years of your life of making sure that you get the degree that you want. Now, at the end of all this, and I'm polishing up. Wow, I've talked for 25 minutes on <laughs> Bruno's answer. Well, this was a long answer, anyhow. But <laughs> but anyhow, to finish it off, one of the best things Bruno could actually do is to sit down and just talk with his dad, build the connection, build that uh, build that that bond that is missing. Because especially if you've been playing victim for a while, you don't. There's not a bond, real strong bond there, because you're always in victim mindset and nobody, as I've mentioned before, and I will continue to mention, nobody respects the victim, especially the habitual victim. Yeah. The first time somebody may be a victim of, you know, a uh, victim of cancer, or maybe a victim of, of say of a robbery. Yeah. Okay. You may not have been in an area that you knew was a bad part of town. There's a couple of things you may not have known, but if you do it again, Dude, that's your fault. If you're walking down the same street in the same part of town, um, looking like you're you're a million dollars and that you don't carry a gun, then you're going to end up being robbed eventually. It's just a statistical point that if you're in a bad part of town and you look like you're an easy picking, then people are going to easily pick you know money on the pick you for for a robbery. So you have to stop. You can be a victim, you know, once if you become a victim of something, you become a victim of a car crash. All right. Well, now, you know, don't be doing a hundred miles an hour down main street because someone's going to pull out in front of you and you're not going to have enough time to stop. You shouldn't, you know, there's ways of taking responsibility for your actions. And that's something that Bruno needs to do is take responsibility for his actions and decide, Hey, I'm going to get to know my dad and start asking questions and stop playing the victim. And because when he stops doing that, he will actually start making building the levels uh, for, for, for his dad to start respecting him more and start taking, um, taking a, an interest in rebuilding that, that bond and that connection. All right. Wow. <laughs> I've still got to go on with the question. So anyhow, that's the question of the week. Again, if you want to have, if you want to ask your questions, go to relaxmail.com forward slash contact and uh, fill out the, uh, the form there. And I will answer your question. Maybe end up being a 30 minute discussion about it again, but anyhow. So now let's go on to the main topic, which is uh questions. Why uh, questions that you should ask, uh, Questions to ask yourself. Let's not shit on you. We've shit all over, uh, all over Bruno and Bruno's dad. 
So, but anyhow, so questions to ask yourself is what we're wanting to talk about. Now, first off, why are questions important? Well, first off, it gives you the chance to learn new information. But when it comes to asking yourself questions, there's actually an added uh, perk to to that because your brain is a is essentially a computer. So if you are if you ask it a question, it's going to do what it can to find the answer. Now a lot of times we ask really bad questions to ourselves, and so we get bad results. So why am I fat? Well, your brain's going to look up for every reason and come up with every excuse possible as to why you are fat. And it's, they're not going to be good answers. They're going to be question answers that, uh, that do not serve you and do not help you. And they put you down and they cause you to qu- doubt yourself. All these questions are you that you ask. If they're not good questions will be, um, will be bad answers. Why am I such an idiot? Come up with every possible reason as to why you're an idiot, and it'll it'll come up with some very good logical reasons as to yeah you are kind of a kind of a num num. But if you ask yourself powerful, direct questions, your brain will actually go through and find the solution to those. How can I lose fifteen pounds? How can I view myself in a better light? How can I get Two more, uh, two more clients uh, for my uh, for my coaching practice. How can I? And ask yourself these different questions, and your brain will actually start working to the answers and come up with a solution for you. But all what you have to do is you have to ask the questions the right way. Now, a lot of these questions that I've got are from another uh, uh, from a uh, blog post that I did a couple of years ago called "Powerful Questions to Ask Yourself," but also have uh, some of the questions that Gay Hendricks talks about in the, his book, The Big Leap. And all these questions are incredibly great. And I'll kind of explain to them a little bit as to why they are good. But to probably the biggest and most powerful question you can ask yourself is anytime something happens to you, sit down and ask, what does this make possible? It looks like, yeah, you got a flat tire. What does this make possible? Well, it gives you a... a uh, a chance to make sure that you're you've got um, everything in working order for your jack and and things like that. That's a simple one, or it could be you've given it's given you a chance to slow down. It gives you a chance to skip that uh, that nonsense meeting that's going to be happening. There's a lot of benefits that are happening in a uh, in an event. And a lot of times we want to look at it in that victim mindset. We want to look at it like, oh, why has this got to happen? To, has, why does this have to happen to me? I don't have time to do this. I, why is this? Why does this always want to happen to me? You know, we always want to try to make it about ourselves. And it could be that while you are uh, fixing your uh, your tire, there could be somebody down going down the road who, uh, if you had uh, didn't have the tire, could have ran into you and could have wrecked your car. A lot of things, a lot of a lot of possibilities that uh, that happen, and so ask yourself, what does this make possible? A lot of times, if you set that, that'll get your brain. To, the, asking that question will get your brain to thinking of a more positive result as opposed to something very negative. Now, there's several, like I said, there's several questions about uh, from Gay Hendricks' book, uh, The Big Leap. One of the best, uh, another one. of there are four questions that uh, he definitely asks you to ask yourself and actually ask yourself this in uh, on regular basis. And the first question is, am I willing to increase the amount of time each day that I feel good inside? That sounds like a kind of an odd question to ask, isn't it? But a lot of times we don't allow ourselves to feel good. We don't care to, to, feel good on the inside. We don't believe we are worthy of feeling good, but this question will actually give you an inner sense of well-being. You can, uh, are you willing to allow yourself? Uh, are you willing to increase that amount of time each day? 
that you feel good. So, yeah, you may allow yourself a little bit of feeling good here and there. I mean, you gonna if you're depending on what what's happening, you okay? You know, I can I can feel good a little bit. It's okay until you bump up against your uh, your upper limit challenge. But if you allow yourself to increase that amount of time, you actually start to feel better about yourself more and more and more each day, as long as you allow yourself to feel. If you don't allow yourself to feel good more each day, you're going to keep yourself boxed in into a very small, uh, into a small compartment. When in, uh, in opposite, you could be allow yourself to feel good all day long. And, some people go, well, well, that's that's preposterous. You can't feel good all day long. Again, your thoughts and your emotions are belong only to you. So in all reality, yeah, you can feel good and you can feel pleasant. And you can feel nice and feel positive thoughts and positive emotions all day long if you choose to. But the the key is you have to choose to and you have to allow yourself to. You have to give yourself permission to feel good more and more each day. Now, the next question is, am I willing to increase the amount of time my whole life goes well? Now, this we just took a step up. Now, we're, first, we were feeling good on the inside. Now, we want our life to go well. And again, this is for the same reason. This is work relationships, marriage relationships, your life as a whole. Would you? Are you willing to allow your life to go well more times than than before or do you want to just keep you know from time to time you have a little win yay okay all right well we're going to feel bad the rest of the time do we want to allow ourselves to feel bad well you can allow yourselves to feel bad and it's not that you're going to feel good all the time at 24 hours a day seven days a week no there's going to be times where you may end up having a fender bender or you your wife is is um upset about something and you didn't realize it and you stepped right in the middle of of of, uh, uh an emotional uh torrent and so you kind of have to help her through through whatever the problem is or maybe you're just having an emotional breakdown and you need your wife in there to help you i mean there's there's you have to give yourself permission though to for your life to go well more often and if you're doing so if you're saying yeah i am willing to allow my to increase the amount of time my life goes well you're going to experience longer and longer periods of your life going well. While if you don't give yourself permission, your body, your brain's going to not work on that. And it's not going to allow you to do, to have those, those positive thoughts as, as you would have at other times. The third question that Gay Hendricks asks is, am I willing to feel good and have my life go well all the time? Yeah. This uh, is a, now a lot of people are going to go, you can't do that. You can't have your life go and your, uh, and your feel good inside and have your life go well all the time. That's statistically impossible. Well, maybe, maybe not. Because uh, if you, we've so many times we like to argue for our limitations, which is uh, such a, such a weird thing to do, but we do, we, we, Argue with, well, I can't do that. I'm, I'm just not that smart. Well, that's a limitation that you're putting upon yourself. Why do you want to have that limitation? Why do you want to think that you're not good at drawing? Why do you want to think that you're not, uh, you're not good at storytelling? Why do you want to think that you're not good at writing or any other thing that you set your mind to? Why do you want to fight for your limitation? Because when you do argue for your limitations, guess what? You do get to keep them. You get to hold on to those limitations. So if you want the limitations, you can do so. But um, I would suggest you just stop fighting to keep those limitations. Allow, just let those limitations go. The only person that's actually holding you back isn't the man. The only person that's holding you back is the guy who is listening to this podcast right now. That person is. Now, if you're really wanting a limitation, what's you might, you might really be struggling with one. And you might ask yourself, what's the payoff of having that limitation? See, there's a little sub-question that you could be asking yourself. Um, but when you ask yourself these about, and you 
reinforce these limitations that you have, you're actually keeping yourself from being able to achieve all the the greatness that you actually uh, deserve to have in your life. You're going, you're fighting for your limitations, like I said before. And so our limiting beliefs cause that erroneous trigger to, to trip so that we don't, so that we are protected from being the best that we can be. See how weird that sounds, but that's what happens when we have our limiting beliefs. And if you are willing to allow yourself to feel good and have your life go well all the time, and you really listen to that question and you really think about that question, all of a sudden you see how freeing that particular question is. And all of a sudden your brain is going, Oh, we could do this all the time. We could feel good all the time. I mean, I mean, who would want are you against that and see how absurd that really sounds. Now, the fourth one is kind of the, 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 top off of the of the whole discussion for the big leap and is are you willing to take the big leap into love money and creative contributions believe it or not a lot of people might say yeah but in, in the back of their head they're going hey, dude what the hell why did why you take the big leap that's a really scary step and so we really kind of hold ourselves back because we don't want to take that big leap. That's a big leap. Remember Neo when he first took that first, uh, he first tried to leap across buildings. That that was a big leap. And did he make it? No, everybody falls the first time. And so we, we that's such a scary deal to, uh, experience to have is to take the big leap, take that blind leap of faith into having love, money, and a powerful creative contribution to the world and to yourself. It's really, it's really a powerful uh, question to actually, to actually ask yourself. You can also ask yourself, how much love and abundance are you willing to allow? Especially if you run into a, a, an upper limit challenge and a limiting belief, how much love and abundance are you willing to allow? Right off the bat, you, you know the answer right off the bat, but then you, you're going to catch your, that upper limit switch. Clicking off going, well, you can't have all of it. You can't have all the love and abundance, uh, that comes along your way. That's, you just, you wouldn't be, you'd be weird. Well, I would, I, I want to be weird. I want to be, I want to have that type of, uh, experience. I want to have, just be nothing but a big old walking, you know, glowy ball uh, of love and, and, and goodwill and just, you know, have so much love, so much money, so much, uh, it, um, contributions that, you know, I, it's just, it just flows through you. The more you have, the more you get. Now, if you run into problems, you might also want to ask yourself, how are you getting in your own way? How are you getting in your own way? And a lot of times, yeah, you are. If you do find yourself getting in your own way a lot, that might be a place where you might have, uh, some a coach like me to uh, to help you out to help walk you through those those uh, those different obstacles that you're running into, and you can do that in two different ways. You can either sit down and just look at your look at what's going on. Are you getting in your own way? And a lot of times you can see, okay, yeah, I'm I'm shooting myself in the foot every time I do this, but how do I get around it? And again, you could either join up with a mastermind group like the conclave of men, or you can have a coach uh, and do a couple of uh, coaching sessions to help you get work through that uh, particular mindset uh, and, and see how that, how that gets, see how that, that mindset shift can actually help and, and benefit you and gives you the opportunity to be able to see, Hey, I'm, this is where I'm getting in my own way. Let me get out of my own way. Stop, stop trying to keep myself from being as awesome as I need to be and I want to be and allow myself to run free. Now, another question that, uh, gay asks is, are you willing to live in your zone of genius all the time? Now you may wonder, okay, what's a zone of genius? Well, that sounds, uh, sounds interesting. Well, that's, he's actually got four zones. He talks about four different zones. You've got a zone of incompetence. This is stuff that you can't do well. Uh, you know, you might, you might do it just because you think it's, uh, something that you have to do, but it's something you don't do well. Uh, easily able to have somebody else do it for you. 
So, like, if you're in a, it, not, if you suck at accounting, <laughs> it's good to have an accountant. If you don't know how to install a uh, printer driver so that your printers work, then it's probably better just to have the college kid down the street to come over and pay him, you know, a hundred bucks to, to spend a, a 30 minutes or an hour working on your, working on your printer or whatever computer problem you have. Then there's the zone of competence. This is stuff that, yeah, okay, you can do. You're not the best at it, but you know, you can do, you can do it and it, it takes you a little longer to do. Now, this is again stuff that it would probably be better if you just delegate it out and let somebody else do it instead of having you spend the time of trying to, uh, trying to fight through the, through the process of getting whatever it is done. Say you're, you're doing the books. You know, if you're trying to do your do the books, it's probably better if you, again, let somebody else do it. You're competent. You can do it. and You can do it right. It's just, you know, it's you have to struggle for it. Then you have your zone of excellence. And this is stuff that you're really you're you're good at. You can sit there and you can do blindfolded. But and this is where a lot of people actually get stuck. The problem with uh, with the zone of excellence is that it's not you're good at it. But you're, it's not what you're really called to do. And so eventually you start getting really bored with doing that same, doing that thing over and over and over again and try and the, the frustration and, and the anger and that so all of a sudden something you're really good at starts to feel like it's a soul sucking job. That's that zone of excellence. That's the stuff that, yeah, you're good at it. You can do sales all day long, but it's not your calling, you know? Yeah, uh, you got another, you, know, you got sales calls to make. I just, it's, it's getting old. It, something gets terrible. It gets old and it gets, it really wears on you. And it's that, oh, like I said, it's a soul sucking portion of the job. You're good at it, but you really don't want to be doing it no more. That's because you were operating in your zone of excellence. Now, the zone of genius is that scary spot. It's out of your zone of, it is out of your above your your comfort level it's that's where you start working in doing the stuff that all of a sudden you sat down to go to work to work on stuff and you have just you've worked the whole day and you've gotten so much done but you you worked the whole day and you and you don't know where the time went that is that zone that you're that you want to be in that's the zone of genius that's where not only are you good at it not only do you rock at it, but you you feel nourished from it. You you are uh, you grow from doing this every time, and it excites you, and it's you're excited about doing that one thing. And that's what the zone of genius is. So, one of the questions, a set of questions that he actually asks are that concern the zone of genius, and those are if you're trying to find out. What your zone of genius is, he asks uh, three particular questions. What do I most love to do? You can sit down and try to think, what do you love to do the most? What do you most love to do? What do you, What is it that you really, really, really like to do? For me, I, I like to talk to people. I like to sit down and talk to them for, for a bit and, and learn something about them. And so I like to also see if I can help people to become, to come across, to fix whatever issues they are currently, uh, they currently have. So what do you do? The next question is, what do you, what do I do that doesn't seem like work? Again, maybe that's talking with people. Maybe that's, you can, it's not work while you're, you're working with a block of wood. Maybe you like working with that, uh, woodworking, or hold up, I've got a gorilla spider here. It was just hanging out. Oh, stop it. You're not nowhere near that scary. Go on, dude. Thank you. <laughs> he was trying to lunge at me. He was like, arr, 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 leave me alone, leave me alone. <laughs> so, but anyhow, uh, so what do you do that doesn't seem like work? Have you ever tried doing stuff that's just, you have so much fun doing it and you don't, uh, some people are very, apprehensive of doing stuff like that, especially when it comes to actually charging people for that, uh, for that time, because they're like going, dude, that was fun. I didn't, why should I charge? Because we believe that work is supposed to be this drudgery and this, this 
work's supposed to be work and it's not supposed to be fun. But at the same time, you can have fun in your zone of genius. You're, you're flourishing in that, in that zone. And to be able to do what you're needing to do helps when you're having, when you're having fun. But if it seems like work, that's, that's a bit of resistance and you're not in, quite in your zone of genius. And the third question to actually ask about the zone of genius is what is my unique ability? What is something that you know that you can do that's not something that other people in your, in your immediate community could really do? And that's a good thing to also ask. Now, there are a few other questions that I, you might look at important, uh, asking yourself. And these are some questions from, uh, from blog posts that I did a couple of years ago. And that is, why is this problem important for me to face? So many times we get ourselves wrapped up into a problem and don't even realize, uh, or, and don't even actually ask, why am I having, why am I facing this problem? And because a lot of times life actually takes, takes the time to try to teach you a lesson. And if you don't get that lesson, you'll end up facing that lesson, facing that test over and over and over again until you actually learn that lesson. And so that's one reason why a lot of people run into the, have the same hang up. They run into a problem and they're always known for tripping over that problem. Maybe it's something with, uh, with alcoholism and, uh, to be able to get past it, there's something that is that that they need to address that they haven't, and because of that, that problem keeps cropping up and cropping up again and again and again. So there's a reason why that problem is important for them to face. So if you stop and you look and you ponder why that problem is important for you to face, you may come up with a very surprising answer. Another way to look at this is why is this problem so excellent like, what problems being excellent yeah yeah dude, dude problems can be actually be a very good thing why and a lot of times it's because of the learning aspect of what that problem uh, presents if you can look at it and understand the 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 benefits of this problem you can actually see why it's good why it's uh, an excellent uh problem to face. I don't have enough money. What is that problem? Why is that a, a good thing? Well, it gives me a chance to understand where money comes from. Um, I have another problem, <laughs> with actually a problem that would be really excellent to have, honestly, is all of a sudden uh, I exceed uh, my website crashes because I have too many people come into it. So I have to start finding a more robust service to handle the traffic. That's a good problem to have, is it not? So that's a very excellent problem. I've got so many visitors. I don't have them yet, but I want to have that problem. So uh, what is the best use of my time is another good question. Are you using your time to the, uh, to the, your, the best of your, your, your goals? Or are you just sitting in front of a television watching watching uh, Netflix when there's something else that you could be doing? Maybe you could be making a uh, working on a business. Maybe you could be working on getting getting your family set up to be able to live comfortably uh, down the road. So, are you using the, your time to the best of your uh, best of your abilities. Um, the next question is actually more for if you're happy, if you're if you're faced with a challenging emotion, you can always ask yourself: Does this? How does this feeling serve me? Does this feeling serve me in any way? And if it does, then good, keep it. If it doesn't serve you, then start looking at a way to be change that emotion change your thoughts so that you can change your emotions and next question would be um, how does this project advance my goals sometimes we get ourselves caught up in doing different projects and it doesn't really help us get towards our goals I'm trying to uh, 
I've got a goal right now of, of increasing the number of clients uh, that I'm seeing. And, I'll, I, and I find myself doing little projects that I tell myself are to increase clients, but in all reality, it doesn't. The key to increasing your clients is you go out and talk to clients, talk to potential clients. You get them to come in, you get them to start having discussions, and you start developing a relationship with them. To be able to do that, you and that's where your um, that's where the project's work comes into play. So, does that project serve you? Does it benefit you getting to your goal, or is it just you? finding a very creative way to progress. If you ever find yourself in a very scarcity centered uh, mindset, you're, you've got an emotion that is based on scarcity. One of the best questions you can ask is what am I grateful for? What are three things I am grateful for? I use this all the time. Oh, good grief. Why does this have to be happening to me? I've got to get through, you know, I got to get through Dallas. I'm running behind as it is. I'm almost out of time. I've got to get moving. Well, what am I grateful for? Well, I'm grateful that I have a job. I'm grateful that this truck works and and, and has a, a working air conditioner. You know, there's a lot of things I could be grateful for. Um, a great question that you could also ask yourself is, uh, what am I going to accomplish today? Great one to ask when you get up in the morning. You're pouring your cup of coffee. If you like me, go stand out on the back porch and enjoy the weather as you're as you're waking up. What are you going to accomplish today? Well, I'm going to get a podcast uh, recorded. And heck, I've got one heck of a podcast this, <laughs> this month or this week uh, to record. So you can get your creative juices flowing, though, by asking the question of how, what what's going to get accomplished today. What are three things I'm going to do today? And then once you get those three things accomplished, make sure you give yourself a reward. For me, I get three things done today. I get to play my, play my PlayStation. That's that's my my fine how to do. Uh, another is uh, what is your greatest asset? What are you? What is what are what asset are you providing for say the, the family? What's the greatest asset you have? Your greatest asset for your family. What's your greatest asset for uh, for your work? You can find out and you ask yourself that and just let your brain run on that. It'll come up with some uh, some okay ones and then eventually it'll trip over that really greatest asset. So that's a good one to ask yourself on a constant basis. Um, something that we never do do though is for the next question, are you willing to actually forgive yourself if you screw up? So many of us beat ourselves up over being human, that we won't forgive ourselves for doing something that we did some time back. 30 years ago, you may have been a completely different person uh, and been a complete and total little turd uh, to your parents. And um, you've never forgiven yourself for it. You, you blame yourself for all the hardship you have and you're never you or you are trying to blame somebody else for your your hardship and you don't want to take responsibility for what you did and because you're not going to give yourself take responsibility you're not about to forgive yourself for something that you didn't do when in all reality you had probably had a, a hand uh, at it, and there's probably some aspects of whatever horrible event happened in your life that you actually would benefit if you took responsibility for that action and then turned around and forgave yourself for that very action. Another one is Are you willing to laugh at your mistakes? So many of us refuse to or want to be so serious about everything. I can't laugh at them. You know, I screwed up. I lost, you know, lost a uh, uh, 20 bucks. Well, that's me. I'm always using that $20 bill. I don't know where it goes, but it likes to disappear in my pocket. 
I love to laugh at myself. I think life is way too short to take seriously. So I try to laugh at every moment that I can. I love having hearing jokes and, and laughing as boisterously and loudly and, and as full of joy as I possibly can because it's an amazing feeling, an amazing sensation. And heck, if I'm not going to laugh at myself, someone else will. So I might as well join in on the joke. You see what I'm saying? So are you willing to laugh at your own mistakes? Try to say yes. And the last question I'm going to ask for this uh, episode is, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I doing doing this particular event? Or start. This kind of comes from Simon Sinek start, uh, and, and his whole know your why. Why are you doing this? Why am I working on this podcast? Why am I working, spending so much time on this blog? Why am I wanting to be in coaching? Why am I wanting to to help men connect their their sons on on a deeper and more uh, on a deeper basis? Well, the answers to that are. Are numerous as numerous as all those forms of questions. Why do I want to? Uh, why am I spending all the time on this website? Because this is what I like. One, I like to do. A very simple answer. But also, I want to help people, at, not just men, but people in general, to understand that life is a lot better than they want to give it credit for. If you think your life sucks, fine. Change how you are, are viewing your life. And you can start working on the steps of abundance and get out of that crappy life. Um, and the reason why I want to help men help their sons is because I had a, when my son was in his teenage years, it became a very tumultuous uh, period of my life. I, when I was driving, a truck all the time. So I wasn't there. I didn't, I didn't feel like I was there to help him when he needed help. But at the same time, he had started making a bunch of choices and I came at those choices from a very victim oriented mindset. I was one thinking that he was ruining how people think about me and the reputation of the, in the, in the neighborhood, people were going to think poorly of me and all this. And uh, until he, graduated from high school and it was almost like a, an overnight uh, aha moment that I had. It's like, well, people are going to think what they want of me. It doesn't matter what I do. They're going to like me or not like me. I know people who know knew what was going uh, on between uh, between me and, uh, and my son at the time. And it was a I was just as much to blame for his actions as, as as he was to blame for for his choices, and because of that, I and being able to step back and see that I was I was had a lot had blame in in that, and because I took a victim mindset, I and had that 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 line of thinking. I looked at a lot of my son's actions as being something that was completely wrong. And that was just a teenager being a teenager. He was, uh, the points of rebellion that he did. Well, okay. That's just because (laughs) he wants to point out that he's his own person. And so he wants to exercise that newfound, uh, will that he has. And I was trying to stifle that, that will, and so he was going to the, the as all teenagers do, going to uh, an extreme that to to make a point. He was wanting to know that he had the ability to influence life, and one way to get to see influence and see the ripples and actions is do something that would get dad kind of, not riled up, but would respond to his actions. And so, uh, I want to help dads understand that, dude, you can relax. It's not. 
it's not nearly as bad as you want to uh, want to perceive. The time for parents, I was wanting to be a parent in in the teenage years, and that's not what what men need to do when their sons are in the teenage session uh, period of their life. Dads need to actually transition over into a mentorship style uh, style uh, of parenting so that they can help guide their sons to be the man that they want to be that they need and and, and should uh, and are to be uh, I can talk so that was that's a lot of why I do what I, I do I want to help men understand that life is great and that other people are not going to be the issue. The problems that you are facing in your life or problems that you're facing. Your thoughts are completely dependent upon your your thoughts, your actions are completely dependent upon how you look at them. And if you can actually change those thoughts, change those actions and change how you, the relationship you have with God. So, anyhow, that's, for me, personally, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. I want to help men to have, to ensure that their sons grow up to be strong, confident leaders that they are, that they are meant to be. All right? So, anyhow, that is um, an hour and, uh, and some change worth of, of, of content for you. Wow. Anyhow, so want to thank you uh, for listening. If you like the show, please uh, subscribe. If this is the first time, subscribe to the show. That you'll get a new episode dropped into your into your podcatcher every week. I submit this out uh, Thursdays. Actually, I you know I, I schedule it to where it goes out at three o'clock in the morning Central Time because that get covers just about everybody. Um. And uh, that way, it's had time to download onto your onto your podcatcher before you run out to go to work uh, in the morning. And if you really like the show, there's two different ways that you could really help me um, to give a to give people a, a little bit more of a sense of, uh, of credibility. And see the credibility that this podcast and the help that this podcast does for you, and that is to leave a rating and review. It doesn't really help you in the in the ranking so much as, as some people think. It just, but I do know that it helps people to see. Oh, okay, well, this has got several five stars, and there's two different ways. If you are on uh, listen to this through Apple Podcasts, then go in there and leave a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. If you are the rest of uh, of the world at, who doesn't doesn't use Apple Podcasts for their uh, for their podcasting uh, for their podcast uh, con- consumption, then if you go to relaxmail.com forward slash podchaser that's p o d c h a s e r dot com, you'll actually go to the Podchaser site. And my page on the Podchaser site, and there you can leave a rating and review also. So those are two different ways you can help me. If you are looking to fast track a, a change in how you're um, becoming the the better man that you want to be, because to be to help your son become a better person, you have to have you have to work on yourself also. And there's a lot of hard work that has to be done there. And if you are wanting to make that change, and you're wanting to help your help your son become the better person and see what is possible in life, then you want to work on yourself. And one of the best ways you can do that is by joining a a group of men who are all set to want to help you become the better person and become the 
the excellent dad and the excellent husband and the excellent uh, contributor to the community that you are meant to be. So to do that, if you go to relaxedmail.com and at the top you will see the conclave of men. You can go uh, go to relaxedmail.com forward slash the dash conclave and that'll take you to there. You can also go to uh, relaxedmail.com forward slash mastermind and that'll take you over to the same site also. And from there, you can you will actually be able to to sign up and be part of a of a group of men who are invested in making sure that you achieve the goals that you're actually after. They want to see you succeed because when you succeed, they succeed, and we all help each other out. We all support each other. We all stumble sometimes, and it's good to have other men go there going, dude, I've been there before. I know what you're going through here. This is how I got past it. And these men can help you do that. So if you would be interested in doing so, I'd love to have you join the, the, the conflict with men because we, can, we are dedicated to making sure that we are all breaking together. All right? So again, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. I'm <laughs> so anyhow guys take care love y'all lots y'all see you next week until then bye